Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. It's a 2024 offseason, and we are here to talk Dolphins football. We'll be with you every week, all through it, up until the start of the regular season. We'll be discussing free agency, we'll be discussing the draft, and we'll have a good time. Hopefully you'll join us as we proceed through the offseason. And uh, we've got a show today, so here we go. And it's another FinFans podcast. With me today is the Rigonis. How are you, Lewis? Oh, yeah. All right. Super Bowl Sunday. No Dolphins. No Dolphins in the game, but um, yeah. Are there any Dolphins, guys, before you ask Chris how he's doing, are there any Dolphins on either one of these teams? Ex-Dolphins, I should say. I don't think so. I don't know. Mm. Not that comes to mind. Nobody, right? No, I don't think so. Okay, go ahead. So how are you doing, Chris? I'll ask for Mike. I'm good. I'm excited for the game this weekend. I'm more excited for the draft and the offseason and everything <laughs> that's to come. But um, hopefully, I'm rooting for the Niners. I'm tired of seeing the Taylor Swift stuff. Oh, you know that. Mahomes, that, all yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're turning into a, a you know Californian. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. But at the that's, same time, yeah. if the Chiefs win, I know a lot of Niners fans that you know won't be able to talk crap to me all offseason. So... It's kind uh-huh. of a win-win either way. Yep. <laughs> or a lose-lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you're running around in your dolphin clothes, and I know you've got a shitload of them. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I imagine people are talking to shit to you anyway. Yeah, I no, don't think it's actually been pretty good for the most part. I mean, people still respect the fact that even though we lost and we're out, I still rep my squad regardless, you know. Uh-huh. You know, I, I do too. People just give me funny looks. <laughs> what well, the dolphin? It's funny because when I wear my dolphin stuff around here, you know, you always have fans come up and and um, you know and around say here being to Atlanta, you. Atlanta, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, every time I wear it, you know, I always have people come up and say, "Yeah, all right, all right." You know, they they get excited. So there's there's fans of every team. Yeah, when I was in the airport, you know? there somebody yo. Uh, Go fins, you know. Go mm-hmm. fins, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, it's it's it. You know, it, it's a good thing. You know, I mean, it's not like it used to be. I will tell you that. I mean, you know, there was a point where this franchise was top three. I mean, you yeah. know, you had Dallas, right? You had yeah. Miami, yeah. 
And you basically had... No, Mike. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Thank you, Chris, for the love of God. And then Oakland was, you know, was up there as well. I mean, for years. You're talking about the 70s and into the early 80s. Those were the teams. You know well, that it began good. to shift in the '80s, though. You had the Redskins who uh, were 49ers. good for a while. Yep, the 49ers were on a run there. <laughs> it did, but there was, you know, those were, you know, and and the Dolphins continued through the '80s. You know, once Marino came on, because you yeah. know we went to a Super Bowl with him as well, um, up into like the mid '80s, and then you know Dallas fell on their face. Pittsburgh kind of fell on their face. They fell out of favor for a little while, and Oakland. Uh, kind of did too to an extent. Yep. You know, they they had some decent teams, but you know, the shift did change. But man, those were the four teams for a long while. Um, and it has shifted. Then obviously the Patriots, you know, became the and team. The Bills in the nineties, you know, the Bills in the nineties, even though they didn't win a Super Bowl. And then you had Seattle that went on a nice run. You know, they had a a, a good team for a couple of years, but. Uh, the Ravens, Mike, uh, I don't remember many Super Bowls that they've played in other than one that they won against Tampa, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so anyway, what do we got? Well, we got a new uh, defensive coordinator. We should probably talk a little bit about him. His name is Anthony Weaver. I'm sure probably most people know that by now. Mm-hmm. What they may not know is he, this will be his uh, – 20th season in the NFL. He spent 13 as a coach and seven as a player. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of experience. That he does. That he does. 13 years as a coach. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got to bring something to the table, right? Yeah. He was only a coordinator for one year, and that was for the Texans. And that was the year they were kind of cleaning the house. So it was, it, you know, it wasn't <laughs> the year to really judge him. So, you know, who knows, you know, what kind of defensive coordinator he'll actually be. Right, right, right. Hopefully a guy that, uh, you know, does does a good job and can relate to the players and, you know, have some kind of medium there, you know? Here's what McDaniel had to say about him. He said, okay. I'm excited, Dan, to add Anthony to our staff, not only for what he'll bring to the Dolphins as a teacher and coach, but even more so as a leader of men. He has a proven resume of success built on his personal investment in his players. Most importantly, he shares our belief that players' development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. Through conversations with him and those who have worked with him, it became clear that we have aligned values in football philosophies and coaching. Okay. So, you so, know, that's why you hire him, right? Well, you would think so, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'd love to know the input, you know, when it comes to this sort of thing. Like, is it Greer? And Stephen Ross, and you know they bring in McDaniel, and um, the three of them amongst themselves make the decision. I would assume that that's the case. I don't. I, I tend to think it's different. I tend to think that uh, it's McDaniel's call because it's his coaching staff. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree too. Um, the couple clips that I've seen from Weaver, the way he talks to his players and stuff, it reminds me a lot of McDaniel's style. So I think their style kind of coincides with each other pretty well. Um, I was reading a quote from J.J. Watt that um, – because he coached J.J. Watt, I think it was in 2020, which might have been his last year in uh, Houston. And he was just saying that he's a great coach, great leader of men, and you know he thinks he's going to do great things in this new role. So, right. I mean, to have to have the respect from a guy like J.J. Watt 
you know, one of the best defensive ends I've seen play in my time. That's a pretty good cosign. So, I mean, yeah, I at like first, that. Yeah, at first I didn't really know what to think because he was one of the guys that I wasn't, I didn't have as much knowledge on, but the more and more that I read, the more I like, you know. Yeah, we just have to have the players out there, right? I mean, that that's the key to this whole thing. I mean, if, if he goes out there and, you know, obviously we're going to probably start the season without Phillips and without Chubb, um, guys that, you know, are going to be here that we know for certain coming off of injuries. Uh, they're on the contract, obviously, and, you know, we're not going to have them to start the year. So he's got to work around that right out of the gate. And that's not an easy task, guys. Not at all. No. By no means. Um, you know, and then on top of that, you don't know, you know, what's going to happen in regard to some of the other players like Van Ginkle and yeah. and Long, right? Uh, who's a free agent, isn't he? Uh, no, we have Long up until next year. He's a free oh, okay. agent so, after next year. So Long's under contract. So that's a good thing. Baker's under contract for next year as well, right? Um, yeah, but they... They were saying that they may move on from him for cap reasons. And yeah. what what's also pretty interesting is that I saw, I don't know how true it is or not, but I saw something that came out that said Patrick Queen, who is one of the pretty good middle linebackers for the Ravens, right. would want to follow Weaver down to Miami because he's a free agent. So, oh, that'd I be mean, I think, I think he's a slight upgrade from Baker, but nothing crazy. So, I mean, if we can pay him around the same, maybe even a little cheaper than what we're paying Baker, you know, he fits Weaver's system too. So I think that'd be an upgrade. But aren't we trying to, you know, get rid of money? I mean, if we get rid of money just to replace it. Well, yeah, but if if you get rid of Baker, you got to replace him with somebody, you know? Right. I'm looking at this, Mike, and it's saying that um, dead money and cap savings. So... To understand this, it's five million cut pre June first, and then there's another number here that says almost ten million. Yeah, so I think I, I think the number is ten, but it, I think it'd have to be post June or first. Yeah, or, that's Mike. a that's a significant amount of money. Yeah. I mean, if you cut him, then that probably gives you money to yeah, so, sign if he's Ro- a Robert June, Hunt. Yeah, a June first cut. What is that? Nine million? I think they save. Yeah, free mm-hmm. cut. Yeah, yep. it's like nine, almost ten million, Mike. Yep. It's nine yep. million eight hundred twenty thousand dollars. So you're talking at about ten million. You could turn around and take that ten million and and you know sign Robert well, Hunt, add maybe. it to Howard's uh, money, and and they'll have a lot, you know, a lot to do uh, as far as backfilling the roster. Mm-hmm. Well, Howard, Howard, I think is. Is almost a certainty. Um, yeah, but I think he's going to be a June first cut. That's that's my point. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about twenty three million with him, right? Yeah, that's significant. I mean, if you do in fact cut him, you know that maybe gives you enough money to sign Wilkins, you know, to what he wants. If in fact you want to do that, um, you know, so you got to I mean, it, it it's a balancing act here. It really is. Yep, say the least. But anyway. So, yeah, back to, uh, I mean, we'll go back to this, I guess, you know, at some point. But, you know, in regard to, you know, our defensive coordinator, you know, again, we have to have the players. He's going to have a task right out of the gate, you know, in order to get a decent defense on the field without our, you know, our two key pass rushers. I mean, those 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 guys are, are pass rushers. Um, 
you know, you throw in the fact that Ogba is probably going to be, you know, a pre-June 1st cut as well, because that's another $4 million there. You're not going to have an awful lot to work with, you know, unless they, um, they draft another edge player. And, and they're going to have to, you know, uh, redo a lot of the contracts, you know, restructure them. Right, right. Uh, to be able to do anything at all. So. Yep. I mean, right now you don't have an edge rusher that's under contract. Not Van really. Ginkle's a free agent. You got two guys hurt, and Ogba basically is going to be a casualty. So what do you have after that, guys? I mean, you're sure in the hell not bringing Ingram and some of those guys back. You don't want Ingram back after an offseason. He'll probably have another 20 pounds on him, you know, by the well, time he gets back in the camp next year. I so. think they got to re-sign AVG. I really do. Yeah, or yeah. If, if they want to go a little bit cheaper, something else I was reading was – because he coached the linebackers for the Ravens, and Jadavian Clowney had one of his best seasons, right? And quite some time under him. So, yeah, I mean, and I know he wasn't getting paid a lot of money last year. So maybe you bring in a guy like that just to, you know, right, hold right, this, right. hold their ground until Chubb and Phillips get back. But I'm definitely interested to see when what the timeline is for Chubb and Phillips. You know. So speaking of coaches, we lost uh, our linebacker coach. Yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. Who was that, Roy Campanello? It's yeah. not Roy, but <laughs> it's not Roy. no, I'm yeah. just kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, yeah, no, I know exactly who we're talking about. Anthony is his name, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, so sir. He was great on Hard Knocks. And, yep. uh, you know, Chris, you brought up a good point to me during the week when we had a discussion. You want to? You want to make that comment here, you know, in regard to, you know, why you felt it was not a good thing? Yeah, I mean, I, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but I mean, he's been with the team since 2020. So he was with the Flores regime and then he was with this Fangio regime in this past year. So, I mean, I thought keeping him would be good as far as building, continuing to build continuity and him knowing the strengths and the weaknesses of, you know, that position group and the defense in general. So, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the guy from Green Bay that we brought in. We just got to wait and see, right? Yep, exactly. He's got, you know, he's got at that linebacker position, he's going to have his work cut out for him as well. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, did we, uh, Joe well, Barry you, is his name. Yeah. I mean, we, we really, really have a lot of question marks, you know, from a unit that was, you know, I felt going in the last season, one of the best in the NFL. Now you've got literally question marks all over the place, you know, with guys injured, guys that may or may not be back, guys that could be casualties, you know, cuts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's amazing what a difference a season makes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like like we said before, you know, we knew this was coming. Yep. You know, we, we did. knew it was coming, and uh, this is the start of it. You know, and so how they manage it is going to be critical to any future, you know, success. Yeah. And and Mike, me and you, you know, to our credit, have been on the same page all the way through this. And when people would talk about, wow, you know, Greer's doing a great job. Look at this roster he put together, so on and so forth. And we said over and over again yeah but at what cost right. right you know money draft picks uh guys that that basically you gave up so much draft capital that you don't have 
players on your roster that can literally step in and replace, you know, guys that you may possibly lose. I mean, you know, this is a constant issue with us. We talk about it all the time. So we knew that this was a win now situation for this team. It was, you know, all in this season. And then, you know, now this year is, again, you know, a lot of question marks all over the place on that defensive side. And it's unfortunate. It is. It is. Now, uh, I'm looking at Greer here because there's, there's a write-up on him that the Dolphins did. And uh, it says, in addition to drafting 12 of the team of starters, Greer has a history of drafting <laughs> impact players. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, he does, but most of them are playing for other teams. Uh-huh. Uh, Xavier Howard's with us, obviously. Jakeem Grant is no longer with us. Laramie Tunzel's no longer with us. Minka Fitzpatrick is no longer with us. Right. Uh, Jason Sanders is with us. And uh, let's see, Jerome Baker is with us, and Kenyon Drake is not. So, well, that's just a handful. There's, there's right. a, the Igbenogany is not. <laughs> what that was was... Uh, Go ahead. Draft picks with top, top 10 contracts at their position. Oh, okay. I got you. Now that makes sense now that you threw that into the mix. Now I understand where you're coming from. Gotcha. Yep. Well, go ahead, Mike. No, I you mean, there's done? not much to say. You know, I, it's just you would prefer some of those players had stayed in Miami, you know, but uh, for financial reasons and other reasons, they didn't. Right. And I don't care what the reasoning is. They're, they're basically, That's they're right. not they're not throwing out a million other guys that haven't been impact players that have been drafted. Guys like Austin Jackson and Igbenogany and so on and so forth. That's just a ridiculous article. And I'd, I'd love to know who the hell was the writer behind that. Because well, it's, it's coming from the team. So they're going to they're gonna paint yeah. everything with a positive brush. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look, this is the way I look at things, right? You know, I look at guys that we've drafted over the last 10 years, say, right? Where Greer's been involved. Even more so, he's been a GM now for what, the last five years? Six years? Well, 2016. So it's going I mean, on, it's going to be eight years. Yeah, this I was about is, to say close wow, to eight. This will be his eighth year. Okay. So, you know, when you look at that and you talk about impact players, how many Pro Bowl players that he drafted are on this football team right here and right now? And you can count on one finger, one finger basically, and that is Xavier Howard. You look around at all these other draft picks, and yes, they are. Wilkins, I would say, is an impact player. Robert Hunt is an impact player to an extent, but they're Tua. not Pro Bowl players. Well, Tua made the Pro Bowl, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Mike, we went down that road last week, and we, um, you know, we kind of, uh, you know, just dropped it right there, and that's what we're going to do. We're not going to make this about Tua. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a step back for just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
you know, the players voted for the top 100 players, and uh, the Dolphins have six people okay. on that list. And who were they? Well, think about draft now as I'm reading these. Uh, number seven was Tyreek Hill. Yep. Number 36 was Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Number 44 was Jalen Waddell. Yep. 81 was Christian Wilkins. Okay. 82 was Tua. Okay. And 83 was Taron Armstead. Right. So and you we, had... We drafted two of those people. Two of those guys in the top 100 play. And this is... There's how many teams in the NFL? 32. 32. Right. So you got to figure that every team should have at least a minimum of three, right? You know, if it, if it's, if it balances. To right. That. In an ideal world. Right. Exactly. But when you look at us as a whole and the guy, the first, actually the first, I think three guys you mentioned, Mike, were not drafted by us. I think Waddle well, was the. Waddle was, but. The four at 44. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he was a top 10 pick and I'd love to see that list of how many receivers are in front of him out of those 44. I, I would almost guarantee there's at least eight. There's probably eight receivers yeah. in front of him on that list. Yeah, it could be. It could be. So, you know, you can look at that in, in a lot of different ways, you know, per se. Like, okay, so is Waddle really, was he worthy of a top 10 draft pick? And, and giving up what you got, to get him, right? You know, you had to give up a number one draft pick to move up and get him. So well, to, to his credit, he's had 3,000-yard seasons in a row. No question. There's no question. Mike, the numbers are there. But again, you know, it, do you, you know, if you think about that for a minute and you think about what it costs to get him and there's guys that are excelling that were drafted much later um, above and beyond him, you know, you gotta you gotta look at that. You know, in in a different way as well. You know what I'm saying? I just think they went into that draft saying we're going to get Jalen Waddle. I think that was a you know a goal of theirs for Tua. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Tua, you know, the same thing. He was drafted at what number five? Yeah. Is he worthy of that? Is he a guy that at number five? You know, are you are you happy with him? You know what you've seen out of him. You know, to up to this point in his career, and what you're looking at going forward as a top five pick. My problem know? with Tua, really simple, is he is developing still, and it's year four. You know, we're going into year five. Yes, I, w I wish we knew what he was going to be. Well, I think I think we have a pretty good idea of what he's going to be, Mike. I mean, the same issues that he's had, some of the same issues. I mean, he did, you know, his long ball was much better this year. The timing was was there because he was releasing the ball immediately, and I know they worked on that. There's no question sure. about that. Because the timing with Tyreek and Waddle down the field was there where it hasn't been through the first few years of his career. But a lot of the same things in regard to, you know, reading defenses and still, you know, once they take away his number one option, right. all of those things at this point, yeah, improvising, you know, the, he's got shortcomings, you know, arm strength, he can get the ball down the field. There's no question about that. I mean, he can air the ball out, but when you get him moving and you get, you know, you get him moving in the pocket and him trying to get the ball down the field, 
it becomes difficult for him. He can't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field if he's on the move. He has a hard time with it. So he has, you know, he has some, uh, he has some deficiencies, deficiencies that, you know, he can work on as much as he can. But, you know, when, when you're understanding defenses and you, you realize that you're setting up your players, you know, in, in different situations, if a guy's covered in the flat, just th- don't throw the ball there. Look elsewhere. Um, <laughs> you know, those type of things, um, you know, you know, he's actually, honestly, Lewis, he's pretty good at that. I mean, he doesn't generally throw his receivers into trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I've seen a, quite a bit of it, you know, especially. A little in, bit, a little bit. In but the I flats, mean, yeah. Balls, yeah. That, balls that shouldn't be thrown. I mean, Mike, I, I can, yeah, I mean, you know, with Tua, the the thing that we that we all have in our mind is we're not there uncertainty, right? I mean, all three of us can sit here and a little bit of doubt. Well, yeah, uh, there's uncertainty, right? Doubt, uncertain, whatever whatever label you want to put on what our frame of mind is, Mike. In regard to Tua, I think that across the board, you know, as far as Dolphin fans are concerned, you know, there is question marks, and you know, going into season five, on the flip side, there's two and on. yeah right exactly what i'm saying is is that i would say the majority of dolphin fans you know chris is a big Tua fan but he he, you know and i don't want to speak for him but i you know i know just in talking to him that you know he has uncertainty in regard to you know what he is and what he may may be down down the line and in season five you you really don't want that, do you? I mean, you know, well, he, you should really thing, know Lewis, at this point. In, in season four, he had a pretty good season. I mean, obviously, he, he led did. the league in passing. No question. Uh, he had some excellent games. That Denver game was incredible. Right. You know, so he, he hasn't been all bad, you know. It's just he struggles against the better teams. And that's maybe, you know, another year with McDaniel and another offseason of work will help him accomplish that you know to where he can uh make that hurdle you know right yeah that's what i was gonna say i mean one thing that is a positive is he's definitely gotten better every year he hasn't regressed and finally having the same running the same offense for a second year i feel like that really helped him and then going into this offseason it'll be his third year well, this yeah, this is going to be his third year now yeah. going into this offseason. I mean, I think I think it's huge for him. And I mean, we've I've said it for like the last two years, but I think this is really, you know, kind of his season. It's either going to make or break his career as a Miami Dolphin. Uh, and I, I think so, unless they sign him to, a, you know, a long term contract before yeah, then, which which I've read out of it. Yeah, I've read that they are or he's supposedly he said to the um, reporters that at the pro bowl that yeah. the extension's been done. They're just working out the legal, the legal side of it and all that The logistics, the well, logistics. But, yeah. um, I don't know that he said that. I thought he said, uh, he believes the team is going to get that contract done. Um, but yeah. I, it, I don't think he said it was in the works. If you're running the football team guys, you know, I'm going to ask you both this and I don't, I don't care who goes first, but, if you're the GM of this team, are you doing that? If I'm the GM of this team, I want to look good, right? So, <laughs> you know, I drafted him. So it, if if I don't work with him, then it makes me look bad. So if I'm Greer, I'm pushing for that extension. 
Yeah, but I based mean, on his performance, let's let's let, let me ask you that. Based on his performance, do you lock him in for years to come? No, I would sign him to a fifth-year option yep. and uh, let him exactly as Chris said make a break. Okay, go ahead, Chris. You know what really killed this situation and more so just the quarterback in general was Daniel Jones getting all that money last year. Right. Because now Tua can look at Greer and be like, so you guys don't think you don't value me the same way, you know, like I'm not worth what Daniel Jones is worth. And I told you this, uh, both of you guys on the podcast at the beginning of the season that I felt like that Daniel Jones extension was a huge yeah, mistake. And he that, wasn't Chris, because no, I know, but you have to, because that sets the market now. Right. But yeah, Chris, so, answer the question though, that I had asked. That's, that's what, what I'm I would, if we're going to do an extension, I would probably, because a lot of these new ones are five to 10 year deals. I'd do a three year deal and then maybe you can get out of it after two. Oh yeah. That's why they're five or 10 year deals because yeah. the team has an out. Right. You know? Well, we know he's our quarterback. So I'd, I'd, I'd do a, to answer your question, I'd do a shorter extension. Yeah. yeah. But hit. I was trying to say, uh, I, you know, you sign him to the fifth year option. And then in the sixth year, you can franchise tag him. So you can get two more years out of him without, if you want. Pay, without paying top dollar. Right. Yeah, Makes but then that's, that doesn't really help our cap situation as far as right now, correct? Um, if you do that. Well, spending a dollar doesn't help our cap situation right now. So yeah. they've what? got to figure it out. What what's going to help our situation is Tyreek Hill maybe you know re, you know redoing his contract because I mean my goodness I mean fifty three million right Let me ask you guys something because I've been seeing this a lot not even just in our Facebook pages but just in general Do you guys think that bringing in Justin Fields would be worth a second or a third round pick No 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 I don't think so for the either. potential upside No I don't I mean what what are you are you really really i mean he does things much better than tua does in certain aspects but then tua does better things yeah you know in regard to you know running the offense and understanding the offense and putting the ball where it needs to be you know fields has an issue with doing just that yeah, right now yeah. today i think Tua is a better quarterback I agree. I've just been seeing a lot of things and I've tried to look at it from a non-biased perspective because, you know, I, you guys know this. I'm a huge fan of Tua, but at the same time, after how the last season ended up, I said, you know, if we can get a replacement for him that's not going to break our bank or kill our future, then I'm all for it. And I've been really thinking about this Justin Fields thing. And my whole thing about it is like, so you bring this guy in to what? Compete with Tua? And then if he ends up winning the starting uh, quarterback position, then you have to change the offense essentially completely because he's not a real accurate thrower. And, you know, I mean, you kind of have to switch everything around. Right. And then if it doesn't work this year, then what? So, I mean, I've 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 tried. Like I said, I've put a lot of thought into it and I, I definitely do love the upside of Justin Fields. I think he can be a good quarterback in the league, but. It's more so the timing of everything. Like, I feel like as much as this is a make-or-break year for Tua, the same could be said about McDaniel, you know? I mean, he's got a yes. lot of things to improve on, and if he doesn't, I if, if this season, I've said this before, if this season doesn't work out with us winning at least one or two playoff games, I think Greer, Tua, and McDaniel will all be gone. I don't 
I don't know if I agree about McDaniel simply because he's had success in this, you know, his first couple of seasons. Yeah, but he's also had a lot of shortcomings, and in my opinion, is a big reason why the offense is stalled against better teams and more so towards the end of the year as well. Yeah, he's failed at times, Mike. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, that that is true. And he's been somewhat successful early in seasons and beating up on bad football teams. Think about where this team would have been if the Jets had Aaron Rodgers and were at full strength this year. You know, do they even make the playoffs? That's the question. And I know there's a lot of intangibles that go into a season, but wow. I mean, you know, you just don't know. So again, McDaniel comes right behind Tua with uncertainty, right? Because you just don't know how good he is. Is he, is he an interesting guy to listen to? Absolutely, because he has a different approach when he does press conferences and he's unique in that way. But all I'm looking at right now is the success that he has on the football field, especially against good, good teams, right? When the competition is, is there, the, the serious competition is there. You know, preparation, your team being prepared, which at times they weren't. You know, the Tennessee game definitely comes to mind. I mean, they had the thing right there for the taking, and they they dropped the ball. They had Buffalo at home a couple weeks later, and they dropped the ball, and it was more so on the offensive side that that we had the issues. So I'm not sold on McDaniel up to this point. So I see your point, and I see Chris's point as well. Um, if, in fact, he has another average season, then, you know, you almost have to say, wow, you know, with, with, with all of the, the turnover that's going to be on this football team, you know, you could very well see them clean house once again, all over again, and start with a whole different uh, regime. You know, in regard, going back to fields real quick, Chris, you know, I don't want to give up any kind of draft picks at this point. You know, as much as I, I do not like Greer's drafting, uh, this team needs an influx of younger players that are going to be around for three or four years. Wow, you've got, to, you've got to hold on to them. Unless you're moving up in the draft and you're going to get a pure stud across the offensive line or, you know, just a phenomenal player at another position to give up a second rounder and move up in the first round. Um, I'm not doing it because right now this team needs as many young players, as many draft picks as they can put on the football field because uh, we're lacking in that. You look at our 53-man roster guys, and you're you're going to be you're going to be like, holy shit! I mean, <laughs> what the hell do we have going forward? You know yeah, what I'm saying? I mean, we have I 22 mean, pending free agents, so half of that 53-man roster is our free agents. Um, yeah. Last thing I had to say about the McDaniel thing is like, not only did we get outplayed in those bigger games, I feel like he got outcoached in almost every single one of those games against, you know, these elite level coaches. Agreed. Andy Reid, some of the better defensive coordinators. I mean, he just didn't make adjustments and kind of just kept running the same thing. Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly, we talked you know. about that. And that's a little bit of a mystery. You know, I, I have no idea why, you know, he would do that. You know, you're, 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 what you're doing is obviously not working. So, you know, what adjustment can you make to help the offense? And exactly. we, ne- we never found that answer because rarely did he mix it up. Mm-hmm. So, great. I- you know, uh, maybe he just didn't have the answer, you know, uh, personnel-wise. But he's got to figure it out. 
I think he's stubborn. You know, he's you know too. what they say about people who claim they're genius. Well, I guess he never claimed he's a, he's a genius, but you know that's well, he that's, hears it all that's the time. exactly, and that's the label they put on him. So he you know wants to prove a point, and even with the with just how when we're running the ball good and he still wants to drop to a back and throw it 40, 45. I mean, even in that playoff game, we're in negative 20 degree weather and he's, we're still throwing the ball 40 times a game. I mean, it just didn't, you know, yeah, that's questionable. wasn't, wasn't a great game plan yeah. in my opinion, but yeah. you know, he, he, he'll improve. We've hopefully. talked about it over and over again. You know, the fact that a Chan wasn't being used as much as he should have in those big mm-hmm. games. I mean, you know, how do you how do you not do that? I mean, how do you I mean, as a coach, if I have that guy on my football game, football team and I have a must win game, then I'm putting the ball in his hands as many times as I possibly can, especially when he showed what he can do in that game. I mean, he had a great touchdown run against Buffalo and then, you know, he touches the ball you know, very few times the rest of it just, it, there's so many things that just did not make a lot of sense to me. And, yeah. and I, I, I do have a lot of questions in regard to him. And I think that he has to perform next year as well. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I think that there's guys that are great offensive coordinators and great defensive coordinators, but when it comes to head coaching, you know, they tend to, uh, they tend to fail. And mm-hmm. at this point, you know, we saw it with Gase initially. He had success. <laughs> Flores had success. McDaniel has had success, you know, in his first couple of seasons. McDaniel became just the third coach in Dolphins history to make the playoffs in each of his first two seasons. Yep. The other two were Don Shula and Dave Wonstadt. Wow. Yes. Well, but Mike, you, you have to look at the team that you're working with. I mean, compare the team that Flores took over, and even Gase at that, compared to what McDaniel has to work with. I mean, he's got the best receiver in football. He's right. got one of the best left tackles in football. He's had, one of the, right, he's had one of the best centers in football. You drafted Waddle high. You've got talent on that side of the field. On the defensive side, same situation. I mean, he's got a lot to work with, Mike. I mean, an awful lot. And a lot of what he had to work with got hurt. Yeah, agreed. There's no question about it. But but again, Mike. Are they healthy? Does that change that score in Kansas City? um, Absolutely. You mean on both sides of the football? I, I would think so. To an extent, though, you have to work with what you have. And when you've got guys that are not being utilized and other guys that are being overutilized that's coaching Mike that has nothing to do with injuries as far as I'm concerned as Chris mentioned you're throwing the ball 40 times up in Kansas City I mean you know what's wrong with using your tight ends on short patterns and using a chain and you know running the ball a little bit I mean a little bit more I mean that that is coaching decisions more so than it is injuries yeah, and I think another issue, a big issue, and it's something I've touched on before, is we have to – I do not like the fact that we rely so much on our speed and the gimmicky stuff. You know, it's like we have to find a balance. We have to get a physical tight end who can run routes and be a threat. We need to. We need a Derrick Henry type of back that in those type of situations and in the, those – third and I mean 
third and short and second and they're, they're tough to find. They are. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just more so the build of a running back. You know, it's yeah. like Mostert, like I said, I've said it before, as good as he is as a speed back, he still can run guys over. But the issue is he's going to be 32 years old and he's had injury history pretty much. I mean, this is this was the second year in a row where he's kind of limping into the playoffs the year before he didn't even play in that Buffalo game because he broke his thumb or whatever, which was unfortunate. But at the same time, it's like we need to get more physical and we need to find more of a balance on offense and not just rely on speed and quick pitches. I don't disagree with any of that because you need that. You need that muscle. Exactly. Cold weather, you know, and not only that, when, when you play these more physical teams, I mean, they figure out as far as I'm concerned, the offense that or the gimmicks that McDaniel runs has kind of been figured out for the most part. Cause you right. see when we play these good teams, the offense kind of stalls out. So if Tua didn't have the limitations that he has, that offense would be fine. But teams have learned how to take away the middle of the field and force Tua to throw outside the numbers. Absolutely. And again, guys, you know, we can talk all we want. I mean, I feel we need a physical a big physical receiver. Well, guess I what? I agree as well. We had one on our roster all year, and he was never utilized in that situation. When you picked up Claypool, Chris, you were the first one to say, you know, week in and week out, we need to get the ball to him inside the red zone. Let him, you know, basically box out the defender. He's a big, strong guy. Get the ball to him. Never utilized him. So, you know, I, I again, this goes back to your comment a little while ago to where he's a stubborn guy and this is what he wants to do. It's speed, 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 speed. If we do, in fact, draft a big physical tight end, you know, I don't see it happening. I just don't, first of all, because I don't feel that this is what he wants. He wants guys that are going to run all over the place. Uh, we do need physical guys. And, you know, in regard to the running back situation, Chris, on a third and one, Mostert just about is he's just about as good as anybody because he does not go down when he first gets hit. He bounces off of guys, and he is a strong power back. And I know he's old, but I think more so, as Mike said, you know, the Derrick Henrys of the world, that type of guy. I mean, there's kind of few and far between. I think that on the outside, blocking-wise, you know, receivers, we need a big physical wide receiver to, you know, to get first downs for us to where if he's throwing the ball on the outside, you know, he can muscle a guy out. But we have issues all over the place. You know, the coaching's part of the problem. You know, the fact that the personnel that we have are, are very, very small all the way across the board in regard to our two starting receivers. You know, when you bring in a guy like a Cedric Wilson and some of the bigger receivers, you're basically telegraphing the fact that you're running the ball because those guys are able to to block the corners or the safeties or the linebackers if they have to, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's the position that we are in. And there's really nothing we can do about it. This is our roster. You know, two is not the biggest, strongest quarterback either. I mean, you know, when... For him to extend plays like a Josh Allen does or even a Mahomes is not going to happen. This is the group of players that we have picked. And now us as fans have to understand that, that this is what we're working with. We're working this is with- what we're working with. Exactly. All right, guys, we're going to break for a few moments and uh, we'll be right back. 
I don't know what direction they're going to go in this year. It's going to be very interesting. But my guess is, is that they're going to get, you know, they're going to go after guys that are finesse type linemen, per se, you know, that can move around and do, do some blocking because that's what McDaniel likes to do. So we shall see. Well, I do think that lineman is going to be their priority. But uh, just to get back to Mustard for a second, he had sure. 18 touchdowns rushing. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And he had 21 total. So let's not, let's not you know, demean him because he's, he's been fabulous. Um, A-Chan has been really good. But with A-Chan, I worry more about his injury history than I do Mustard's. And again, a small guy, Mike. Yep. That's the issue that I'm trying to say, though. It's like, I love Mostert. I think Mostert had a phenomenal season. I think trying to replicate what he did this season, I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest. I mean, I well, know he doesn't. Yeah, he broke a record, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't have as much tread as normal guys his age. But I think that relying on him and A-Chain is a mistake, in my opinion, because both of those guys are going to miss games, and you just really hope that it's not towards the end of the season when we need them. Because when everybody's in and everybody's playing, it's great. But whenever guys start to go down... Right, you need depth. Exactly. Well, here's the way I look at that, Chris, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you keep bringing up the issue that Mo starts, you know, old, right? But... Look at the young guys that we lost. I mean, it, it, Phillips has been off the field. Waddle has missed games. They're young guys. It's I mean, not even so much that he's old. It's just how much time he's missed over the years with injuries. It's not like he's just no old question. and he's not injury prone. I mean, the guy is injury prone. There's no one. doubt about it. But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm bringing him back. I mean, until he can't do what he did. You know, I, I'm bringing him back it, it, year in and year out until he fails you. Um, when you look around the league, I'd take him over a ton of guys. I mean, a ton of guys. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl this year, too. I mean, you know, he, he's a Pro Bowl player. Uh, I don't think that that's an issue more so than, you know, getting our coaching staff to utilize the other players that are on this football team. Yeah, we talked about that all through the season. Is we Mostert do. on we... contract this year, Mike? Yeah, or is, I think so. Yeah, because I was going to say, if he's not, I mean, there are so many good running backs on the market right now, and with how it went last season, I just don't see these guys getting these huge contracts like they want. And just to name a few, I mean, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, I mean, those all three of those guys I feel like could add something really, really what we need to this offense, you know, to pair with A-Chain. So, I mean, if... If the upgrade was available for not that much more, I mean, I know we're in cap hell right now. I mean, it's I, to me, it's worth it, you know, but we'll see. For what you got out of Mostart and what you paid him, I mean, guys, he, he his base salary was $2 million. Are you, Are you kidding me? I mean, mm-hmm. right. for what you got out of him for $2 million, it, I mean, come on. That was one of the best things that we yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying relying on him to do that again next year or this year i guess because we're in 2024 Listen, I mean, even if he does half of what he did chris he's still worth the two million i mean you know he gets 12 i'm not 13. saying he's not worth the money i'm just saying yeah. like we need a more physical presence in that backfield yeah he's that's, signed that, through that, this season and he's a free agent he is and he signed for next to no kind of money um jeff wilson 
I'm not sure about where he is in regard to I his, think his... he's a free agent, but he might be under contract until next year as well. I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't remember what we did with him when we brought him in. Um, is he under contract, Mike, for next year? Who? Uh, Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Wilson. I think he is too. And Wilson's making as much. It, it, what's funny is, guys, Jeff Wilson's it, Jeff Wilson makes 300000 more than Mostert did. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that if he's under contract, you could very well see him gone as well. But I don't think it's for an awful lot of money. I mean, if you cut him, you're only saving, I think, less than a million dollars. Jeff Wilson, so, his salary was $6 million. Really? Jesus. Yep. Wow. Wow, wow. See, I'd, I'd cut him and give Saquon Barkley $8 million. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, that, that to yep. me is a no-brainer. Derrick Henry, $8 million. I mean, these guys aren't going to get much more than that. So, no, I agree. The problem I mean, is, the nah, problem nah, is nah, nah, nah. you know, we're pulling money we don't have. Yeah, I hear exactly. you, Mike. Well, we've got – we're going we're gonna, to, I guess, do a show somewhere down the line. I'm not um, – I won't be around for a while probably about a good month or so. But at some point, guys, you know, we got to go over this roster before the draft and 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 see where we're going to be and what, what our thoughts are in regard to all of this. You know, well, as far by, by as- the time you get back, half of them are going to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when is it? When is, that's June 1st, Mike. I'll be back before June 1st. <laughs> no, no, actually, uh, the new league year starts next month. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, and you know, they have they have to get, I guess, the top fifty-one, or I think that's the number. Yep, I gotcha. So, well, anyway, so I'll be, be back around be that time. Cuts. We'll yeah. have a very fun show talking about all this. It'll be quite interesting because this roster, more than any other year, guys. Right? Can you think of a year where there was just this many question marks? No. I mean. It's no. like wow. Well, we were we were irrelevant. <laughs> right now we're relevant. So yeah, and you know that's the difference. It's a little more pressing now. You know, okay, how do we stay relevant? You know, and that's 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 the question they have to answer. Exactly. And wow, I'll tell you what. You know, you look at this Tyreek Hill trade, right? As good as he is, I said Kansas City's gone to the Super Bowl two years in a row without him. Right? I Defense. Mean, they have a defense. Yeah, Mike, a I great don't, defense, and not only that, they they are great a great drafting team. Yeah, yep. and that that's my whole point. And they have the best quarterback in the game. We know. Let's not go down that road again. Yeah, <laughs> don't get don't get him started on this draft. All right, so on, tell on me who you're picking. Who you're picking for the uh, Super Bowl? Who you got, Chris? I want to say San Francisco, but I know better than to bet against Mahomes. So, but I feel like San Francisco does have the better overall team. So I'll go San Francisco. 27-21, KC. Okay. So you like Kansas City. Okay. I, so I look at the quarterback position, right? Purdy, Purdy's kind of, are you done, Mike? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I am. I'm just laughing at your uh, response. I, I did the same thing. I mean, you look at the quarterback position. Yes. So I'm looking at the quarterback position and I'm looking at Purdy. And you see him at times, you're like, what the hell was that, right? He makes these throws that you're like, that's a horrible throw. Yeah, the WTF throws. But then once he gets rolling, um, he makes plays, okay? Then you look at the personnel around them, right? And you look at the receiving core on San Francisco. Ayuk, D. 
Debo Samuel. I'm taking them over Can- and Kittle over Kansas City's group. The running back position. He's good, Pacheco, no question about it, but he's not McCaffrey. So, you know, when you look at this as a whole, you look at the offensive lines, both pretty good offensive lines. I think San Francisco's is a little bit better. Definitely. So you're looking at the quarterback. He has to make the difference in this football game. Then you look at the defenses, and San Francisco's defense has not played great of late. Whereas Kansas City's has, right? Yeah, I'd but give Casey the edge there. I think they're, I think they're somewhat equal, though. So I'm going to give the slight edge to San Francisco because I think the personnel is there. You got to also throw coaching into the mix. They're both very good coaches. So they're excellent coaches. They're excellent coaches. Andy Reid is going to come up with some plays to, to befuddle. That's a I like that word, right? Befuddle. <laughs> befuddle San Francisco's defense, but you can that can only go so far. In the end, I think San Francisco pulls this out. I think it's going to be an excellent football game. I think it's going to be a little bit more defensive than I think people are thinking. A Kansas City's offense, guys, has to score. In order to win this game, they got to score 24 points. And I no, just I don't said, know if I they can get there. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't know, Mike, if they can get there with the personnel yeah. that they have. So I, I'm, I'm betting on San Francisco to win this game, twenty-four to twenty. Should be fun. Yep. All right, Agreed. guys. All right. Well, I'll thanks see for, you. Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you guys in about uh, four to five weeks. You guys carry the show, Chris. You got to step up your game, Mike. <laughs> You got to step up your game because uh, the guy who speaks the most on the show is not going to be here. So <laughs> we'll be just fine. It's about time we get to express our thoughts. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. People are going to be we'll like, thank God, Lou is not, thank God Lou is not there. So we don't have to listen to him for a whole half hour or an hour or whatever it is. So anyway. I know there are people that enjoy listening to you, and I also know there are people you <laughs> aggravate, so <laughs> that's the way it goes. I'm, I think I like the people that I aggravate, Mike. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, right, you guys thanks. enjoy, have fun, and um, everybody that listens, we'll see you in about a month. Now you're, they're going to think there ain't going to be a show for a month. No, Stop no, talking. no, Stop no, talking. no. You guys are going to carry the show very, very well. I'm going I'm to be listening every week. And who knows? We may bring a guest on. We never know. Yes, just bring the right guest on, Mike, please. Hey, butt out. <laughs> bring Jim <All> right. Johnson back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, that's going to be it for today. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, Fin fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right, until next week, be well and take care. Podcast Network.